If you have a Bible or iPad or iPhone or look at the screens, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. I'm in a series called Love That Never Fails. Of course, the love that never fails is the love of God. And I want to talk about and address some things, and Dave Nillette's going to join me here in just a couple of minutes, about a very sensitive area, and that is understanding who God is and what he does as far as the love of God and what he does not do. You know, God himself has got a tremendously bad reputation placed upon him for being blamed for things he did not do. And you know, it's very clear as we started this series that in John 3, 16, it says God so loved the world that he did one thing, he gave. And he gave what? He gave his only son. And for William and I and Dave's sons today has his birthday. And for any man in here, you know, I can go from Ben all the way over the other side of this auditorium to John Mark, all of us in between that have sons and our children, but particularly a son, you know, to give your only son... Um, and just is that's the that's the the ultimate gift of love, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? And God gave that, but he's he's been questioned so much about the love of God. But hey, we're going to dive into these things for just a couple of minutes and have communion. By the way, those who are watching, you're not able to have the elements like we have here. So go ahead and get those elements ready. We we need for you to participate. Communion is a very powerful thing. It's a physical representation of what Jesus did for you and I. So you need to get your grape juice or water or a piece of bread or whatever. Please. Join Join us. Notice what it says here in 1 John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. Notice that phrase, and knows God. So that helps you and I, that people that don't know God don't act like in the love of God, right? So that takes all the pressure off all the people that specifically in Washington, D.C., that are not acting in the love of God. Hey, moving right along. Verse number 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Everybody say, God is love. Absolutely. Verse 9, in this love, not talking about your love, let's make this clear. You and I have a certain type of love. In that home-going service yesterday, and this auditorium was packed, and a beautiful family was, you know, unfortunately, a younger lady went to heaven prematurely. But the family showed love, and they showed a genuine human love. I mean, it was sincere. It was real. But there is a difference between that love and the love of God. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. And well, it actually defines it here in verse 9. It says, In this love, the love of God was manifest towards us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Notice that phrase. In verse 10, it says, In this love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, or what that means is uh, the mediator between God and man. He established the way for you and I to go. You know, for us to be in righteousness and right standing with God, there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. It's not through works. It's not through religion. It's not through this, that, or the other. It's through who? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus is the way. And notice what it says in verse 11. So, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. You say, Pastor Brian, that's hard to do. Yes, it is. I understand. But we'll talk about that just in a couple of minutes here before we take communion. But here's the key before Dave comes up here, because I got some really powerful for questions to ask him. Love, verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, this way that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Now that is an entire message and a truth within itself that as he is, so are we in this world. But that means that we can walk in this love that never fails. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I'm, I, I struggle in that. I do too. Now I'm not talking about the, the love of God as we're going to talk about in 1 Corinthians 13. 
13, or anytime you want to talk about the love of God, it's outlined in verses uh, 4 through 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But the love of God is not just a ooey-goosey, you know, kind of love like between a husband and a wife, okay? I mean, I love people, all right, in the Lord, but there are people I don't like. Okay, I just go ahead and be honest with you. There's some, there's some people, especially in the in the culture, the media culture, that absolutely oppose what you and I believe. I love them in the Lord. I want God's best for them, but hey, I do not like them at all. Okay, I do not like them at all. Or I don't. Okay, I love them in the Lord. I want God's plan for their life, and if God's plan for their lives for them to become a Christian. Really, I mean, really to know Jesus. If their life wants to be like my life, not that I'm you know greater than they are, but if they want what I've got, which is God, who made me a loving person, drew me out of insecurity. Remember my story? I hid behind a set of drums, and uh, that was my wall. That was my, my way of dealing with people. And, you know, that's how, that was my identity. But when I found my identity in him, I found the love of God and the love of God is what changed my life. And that's what changes people. Notice what it says in verse 18. It says, there's no fear in love, but perfect. Everybody say perfect. Or perfected love cast out fear. Oh, I, this is awesome. And we'll get to this in just a minute. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Let me say this. You can fear, you can worry, you can have anxiety about a lot of things, and it will come knocking on your door. But when you know God loves you and you know that you are loved, you have no fear about certain things, especially the things that would try to destroy you. Again, I'm, I could be the preaching right now, but Dave's going to have to come up here. Romans chapter 8 says it clear, if God be for me, who can dare be against me? You know why? Because he loves me. He loves me. And it's not based on what I do. It's based on what he did. So Dave Nilek, you grab that podium. I'm going to scoop mine over and our television cameras are going to flow with with us. We're going to have a little debate here. No, we're not having a debate. We're going to have a discussion. And uh, the reason I asked Dave to come up here is because we've got some things we want to talk about here. And uh, Dave loves to talk about healing from God's Word. Dave also loves to talk about the grace of God. But I talked to Dave about this. I said, Dave, I said, a lot of people have a misconception about the love of God. I said, first of all, and, and by the way, we were talking about this yesterday, and right when he sent me this text, I was finishing a phone call from a person that doesn't go to this church, a lady I was, I've been ministering to. She actually goes to our, she's, she's, well, she works at this business that I go to, and we'll leave it at that, and she's been diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so I've been ministering to her, Dave, and, and Sheila and I have given her books and materials and scriptures and all kinds of things, prayed with her, and uh, she called me yesterday around, a little bit right after 8 o'clock, I mean, she was just despondent. I mean, she was, you know, and these were her exact words, William, why, God, why is this happening to me? I mean, she's only 48 years old, and I didn't dare tell her that I was doing a funeral a couple hours later for a very similar situation. I didn't even go there with that. But she said, why God, why? And then she said this, Dave, like, and then you sent me that text, then I called you at the phone call, that if God loves me, then why is this happening to me, Dave Nillette? And of course, I gave my answer, but I want you to hear from Dave's position as I clarify it with him. But, you know, what do we do? If, if God loves us, Dave, then why is this happening to us? Well... Uh, that's a hard question. <laughs> Didn't I give him the hard one? <laughs> just started off with a, with a softball though, right down the middle. Uh, but uh, no, um, in, in thinking about this, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways you can go. And I think it would be disingenuous 
for any, uh, any pastor, any minister, any leader to say that they know all the answers. Absolutely. Let's start right there. Um, there. There's what I've found over the last two years or so in looking at different things and raising our kids and you know answering different questions and things that have gone on in our lives is there's a lot of freedom in just admitting that we don't know. Absolutely. We Amen. do not know everything. I know that God is good. Right. I know that yes. he's for me. I know that his plan includes healing. His plan includes redemption. His plan includes salvation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know all the answers. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul tells us that Satan's the god of this world. Right. That he is the god, lowercase g, of lowercase this world. G. And when you, when you study out through history, Adam and Eve were given dominion over the earth. They, they were. were given authority. And when they sinned, they turned it over to Satan. That's right. So we live in a fallen world. And honestly, when it comes down to these questions, we had a, a situation, I don't know those of you who follow us on social media, um, you know, we had a situation where a dear family member passed away uh, the other week. Yes. She, um, you know, 27 months, she had brain cancer. And uh, I mean, believer, believe for healing, attended our church in Connecticut mm. when we were there. Um, you know, believed all the same things we believe concerning healing, prayed for healing, and, you know, stood in faith, and she passed away. Mercy. I would be lying to you if I told you I knew why. Yes, that's true. But I do know that God is good. Absolutely. I do know that no matter what happens on this side of, of heaven, that she's with Jesus now, mm-hmm. and that she's, she is not sad, she is not miserable, that she's rejoicing on that side. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to take comfort and take solace in the fact that no matter what's going on in the world around us, we have a God who promises to be with us mm-hmm. throughout all these situations. And we, we believe in faith, we make our stand for healing, we, you know, we put it all on the line, but when push comes to shove, we stand for those things. We believe those things. But we, when, what do you do? That's right. When things happen that go against how you believe, what do you do when this, this weather situation happened the other week? Yeah. I, I know multiple ministers, multiple ministries who were praying against it, who were using their faith, who were doing all these things, and all this craziness happens. Mm-hmm. The only thing that it comes down to is we live in a fallen world, and we don't know all the answers. But there's a thing, though, Dave, there's a lot of ministers like you and I will not give that answer. They will never say God is good, ladies and gentlemen. What they try to do is justify it. The other day, I was at a higher institution of Christian education Mm -hmm. near my house, and I just happened to be listening to some men talking about a particular uh, minister that passed away suddenly. Um, He's only 63 years old. He was right in the middle of a massive project. Actually, I was helping him with this Mm -hmm. project. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, and they, they stood in the hallway. I just listened. I'm like, Dave, God is good. I don't know all the answers. And they said, well, it was, it was his time and he needed to go and God needed him. I'm like, we're, we're working on a, a project, one of the biggest missions projects I've ever been a part of. I'm talking about this man who worked all these years, built this dream out. He had this entire vision statement, and then all of a sudden, he was at the school. Oops. <laughs> I'm giving it away. He was at this institution one day, and then he was gone the next, and they said God needed him. So, you know, it's just like yesterday at the funeral, this eight-year-old little girl came up with her mother and said, uh, we got a question for you about heaven. And I'm like, oh boy, okay, it's a tough one. I'm like, Dave, you know, I don't have all the answers, but it was cute. She said, what language are we going to speak when we're all in heaven? 
was like, well, that's cute, you know? And so I did my famous joke. Uh, I have to get this credit for Mr. Anderson. There was a black guy and a white guy, and they loved each other and loved the Lord, and they just had this debate that Jesus was either black or white, and it was a, it was a really peaceful situation between the two. They kidded each other. And unfortunately, they died on the same day, and they went to heaven together. And they are standing there, and they looked at each other, and they said, listen, this is it. We've been debating this question all our lifetime. I'm right. No, you're, no, I'm right. And they were arguing. Then all of a sudden, Jesus comes behind this big wall and says, Buenos dias. <laughs> that is funny. I don't care what you say. <laughs> that's a good one. Thank you, Mr. Harrison. <laughs> Back to your question, though, Dave. That's a good answer. God is good, and we don't have the answer. Well, and the, the flip side of what you're saying, so you've got the ministers on that side who will say that, but then right. you've got the ministers in, in the faith worlds, the faith communities, who will say, well, they didn't have enough faith. They didn't <laughs> oh, believe yeah. God. There was some secret sin in their life. That is good. That's bull. I mean, I, I'll is, just be honest with you. That's that bull. Is, that is, Dave. That's right. Uh, that's the extreme of that. And that's wrong. Because here goes back to my second question. If God, and this, this connects really to the first one. Mm -hmm. But Dave and I, we, 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 we're in that group of guys that give those answers. Mm -hmm. Going from the extreme of this school I'm at to the very people that you and I are associated with. Mm -hmm. If God loves me, then why didn't he heal me? And I've heard people I've heard people that I'm associated with, friends of Dave and I, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Precious ministers, but I've heard them in a ICU hospital situation say this to someone, well, if you just had enough faith, you'd get your healing. And you know, I just want to take them and slap the you know what out of them for saying an audacious, stupid statement like that. David called it bull, and I agree with that, because it is. To say, first of all, in a situation like that, where is the compassion and the love of God, number one? And number two, as Dave says, we don't know everything that's going on, but Dave's right. we got to go back to, you can make fun of Oral Roberts all you want to, all you want to. But you know what? He did have a revelation of one thing. God is good, and he settled it. He told me that with his own mouth. He looked at me one time, I was with him, I said, I said, Dr. Roberts, you've always said God is good, and, and you've never backed down. Why is he good? And this is what he said to me, he put his hand on me, he said, he's good, you know why he's good? Because he's good. <laughs> <laughs> and as he just walked away. And, uh, but it made a lot of sense to me, Dave. And you know what? For someone to say, you didn't get your healing because of faith, or you weren't good enough. For you and I have talked about this in healing school. People try to perform their way into healing. Well, if I'll confess the scriptures enough, if I'll take communion enough times, if I'll do this or do that, you know, listen, if those things are important. Please, saying God's word, speaking God's word, taking communion, these things are vitally important. I would never say don't do that. But there comes a point where we're receiving it by just the love that God loves us with, not by what we do. And so, Dave, how do you address that? Talking about people that, well, you just answered the question really, but for people to sit there and say that, you know, they're not healed because they have enough faith, that, that's not the love of God. That's not the mercy of God. No, and honestly, it's, it's not the grace of God either. It's, That's you know, right. the, the whole, the whole idea of the grace of God and Shelby and I are very conscious of, of teaching our children grace. Um, you know, we, we, we work with them all the time and say that, you know, when they, when they're acting up there, whatever, you know, there's, there's consequences to actions and we're, we're very much believers in, in natural consequences. Like, so if you throw your toy, well, your toy is going to go on timeout. 
because Absolutely. you don't need that toy anymore. That's right. You know, uh, you don't need to be throwing that at your brother or your sister. That's and right. so we, we work with them. There's consequences. There's this, that, and the other. And sometimes we'll sit there and we'll talk to them and we'll say, well, mommy and daddy are going to show you grace. Mm-hmm. And we always, we always sit there and we say, well, what is grace? And, you know, at first they, they didn't get it. And uh, we, we sat there and we worked with them and it's when you do something bad, you get something good that you didn't deserve. Right. That's right. You get something good that you didn't deserve. And, uh, you know, one of, a, one of the kids, I forget which one it was, looked at us the other day and said, I like Grace. <laughs> you know, I like Grace. Um, in fact, sometimes we'll punish them and then Shaylin will look at us and she'll go, she'll go, Daddy, I want Grace. <laughs> no, baby, we're not doing that well, right We now. all want Grace. <laughs> we do. Amen. Amen. Well, that, that's the question that we, our next question is that, you know, what is the, all right, here we have the love of God, mm-hmm. we have the grace of God. Now, again, I, I was listening to a lot of Billy Graham this weekend. I just, sometimes I get in that Billy Graham mode because Dr. Graham, he just, it, I, I've never been to an environment where the love of God just flowed from the platform like a Billy Graham meeting. I mean, I attended nine of those with those men, and I would be down front helping with the people coming down front and doing my job. And I'm telling you what, you just want to turn around and pray the sinner's prayer, be born again right there all over again, because the love of God just flowed out of that place. It was an anointing of love, Shelby. I've never been seen that before. So there is the love of God. But there's the grace of God. And I heard Dr. Graham say this, the grace of God is all found in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, I mean, again, Dave, you and I, we talked about it yesterday over the phone. We talk about it a lot. We want people in this auditorium and out there and anybody associated with this church, especially the 100 plus, 200 people that were here yesterday and 100 plus of watching online, that... Um, we want them to know that God loves them and there's a grace of God. And he's not, I love what a minister friend of mine, and Shelby will know who this is, she says this often, she said in her healing school, God's not mad at you. Mm-hmm. And Dave, that's a, such an important thing. He's not mad at yeah. you. And, you know, you may have failed him. Uh, you may have done something you weren't supposed to do, but he is not mad at you. He is not trying to hurt you or harm you, contrary to the religious community. Not maybe our circles, but in the denomination I came from, they were like, if you don't do what's right, God's going to punish you. I mean, there was a famous minister uh, near me, a very famous one, and I just struggled with his message that if you sin, punishment's coming, and it's coming from God. So tell, talk to us about this grace and this love, Dave. Because this is something that's strong uh, how, in your how heart. Long you got? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, no. I know. Um, you know, one of the one of the verses that I, I just love coming back to is is John one, uh, fourteen and, and uh, sixteen. It says in, in verse fourteen, it says, "The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and mm-hmm. we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, yes. full of grace and truth." That and then, good. if you jump on down to verse sixteen, it says, "And of His fullness we've all received." And grace for grace. The, oh, the Greek there good. says grace on top of grace. Mm. And like verse that. 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And really, we see this exemplified time and time again in Jesus' ministry. He, mm. was, he was full of grace. In fact, that the Bible calls Jesus the visible image of the invisible God. Mm. That Jesus is literally, if you want to know what God the Father looks like, remember Paul talks about in, in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, where when, when Moses wrote the Old Testament, or the law, when the Old Testament was written, when they looked at those scriptures, they saw God through a veil. Mm-hmm. They did not see a true picture of who God is. But Paul said, in Jesus, 
Yeah. We see clearly the veils removed. That's right. So when we look at Jesus, we see who he is. We see the perfect picture of the father. We see the perfect image of the father. The God who's so full of love that when a woman's brought before him, caught in the midst of adultery, ready to be stoned, Jesus doesn't even take up against her. That's right. And first off, I mean, my first question is, where's the guy? Because adultery is not an act you can perform solo. That's true. Uh, That's but, right. That's you know, exactly right. He, he, he's there and, and he, he sits that, there. That guy's probably standing around that circle. <laughs> he might have been. I, you know, so. uh, bro, Brother Copeland's convinced it was a setup and I, I don't, <laughs> I you know, I, I don't doubt that. But, you know, she, she's brought there and Jesus right. is sitting there figuring out how to address this because he, he, he's there operating under the law of Moses. He can't violate the law of Moses. He's saying that, you know, the, the law commands us to stone her, but he's also got to honor the truth of who God is, right. you know, being the visible image of the invisible God. So he, he sits there and starts drawing in the dirt. And finally he says, whoever is without sin among you, cast the first stone. Mm. Whichever one of you hasn't sinned, whoever's not missed Powerful. it among you, you go ahead and condemn her. That's and right. the Bible says that they walked out from the oldest to the youngest. Yeah. So the oldest person started thinking to themselves and said, man, what about all the times that I missed it? Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't get the consequences coming to me. You know, I, I talk back to my parents. Under the law, you could literally be stoned as a kid for talking back to your parents. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, he's thinking, I, I backtalked my mom and dad when I was 12 and, and I made it out okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to throw any stones at her. Mm-hmm. And finally, she, they all leave and Jesus looks at her and says, woman, where are your accusers? Right. And she says, they're not here. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. Mm-hmm. Now go and sit no more. So he's exemplifying grace and truth. He, he's seeing how can I show love? How can I show grace? How can I show mercy to those around them? And that's, that, is, that is the default mode of God. God is yeah. always looking to show grace and mercy to you and I. He's, he's looking to be gracious to us when we don't deserve it, to show us favor, even if we haven't done anything to deserve favor. Right. You know, you, you sit there and one, one of the things, I think it was Keith Moore talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, somebody would, would, you know, get upset because the, this person came into church and they got saved and all of a sudden God's, God's meeting all their needs and you know, they're, they're praying for this and using their faith for that and they're getting it and they're sitting there saying, well, God, I've been believing for this this whole time and it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not about how good or how faithful you've That's been. exactly right. It's about his goodness that this person who came in just knew how to tap into the goodness that's of God. That's exactly right. And, and that's, that's really what it is. It's, it's God is looking, the Bible says he's looking to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Now that sounds like a tall order to have your heart perfect towards him. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the, the Psalms, it talks about the heart is, you know, exceedingly wicked, so on and so forth. But in the new covenant, under grace, we've been given a new heart. That's exactly we've right. We've been given a heart that's in perfect alignment with the Father. Mm-hmm. It sure is. The heart is, is, is I, I mean, your spirit, your reborn human spirit is as perfect now as it will ever be. When you got born again, you didn't get just a little bit of Jesus and you need more Jesus and more Jesus and more Jesus until you can finally measure up to get your healing. That's right. You got all the Jesus you're ever going to get. That's exactly right. And and that means that he's now on your side Mm -hmm. looking any way that he can to show you grace, to show you favor, and to show you mercy. That's right. To show his goodness and kindness towards you. 
I think that's a powerful thing in the fact that so many people blame God for things that happen. Now, please, there is a law of sin and death, okay? There is a curse of this world. We talked about that. You violate that, things are going to work against you. I mean, that's just a natural way of it. You can't, you know, sow one thing and reap another. You sow disobedience and it, you're going to reap some things. I mean, that's that's a consequence of it. I Like I said, I had a dear friend of mine last year, loved him dearly, a great musician friend. I could not get him to stop smoking. And he smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked. And finally he's diagnosed with cancer and he dies within, you know, 90 days of that. And, uh, you know, he just, he, he, he told me at the end there, he said, uh, he finally admitted, I self-inflicted myself. But he says, I love the Lord, and I want to be healed, and we prayed for his healing, but the, we just couldn't reverse the curse, and he went on to heaven. My point with all that is, though, sometimes we don't understand all the things that happen to people. We don't understand the, the things that are moving, but God is still love. God is still there in the fact that he wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. You may not understood what happened to a family member, like in your situation, 20-something years old. In my situation, a 20-year-old, you know, family member passed away. What do you do with that? I think you have to come to a decision like I did. And, and you know, you've heard my story, but it's worthy of repeating. When my cousin died, I mean, it took me about, you know, maybe six months. I was wrestling with these things that Dave's talking about, these questions that Dave and I are talking about, these very scriptures. And finally, I got in my car and I drove from Talladega, Alabama, all the way up to Gaffney, South Carolina, which is exactly six hours one way and I went to his graveside and I took the elements of communion which we're about to do in just a moment here and I took my Bible and all I said is I don't understand what happened I don't understand everything that happened but I do know this God is a healer and God is good and I read those scriptures of healing over my cousin who of course was in heaven but over his body and made the decision that God is good don't understand it all but God is good and that Jesus has redeemed us and I know that he's healed I know that he's healed on that other side. And by the way, this life is not the only life there is. We have to remember that there is eternal life. And so if you live 60, 70, 80, praise God, let's live 100. Thank God for 100 plus years old. However, that's just a, just a dust in the eyes of eternity. But what you lay down and what you do, though, determines a lot of things coming towards you as far as the blessing of God. But then there's just this grace of God. There's a grace of God over my own parents. My dad's mouth is the worst mouth of saying things I have ever heard of anybody confessing things in my life. I'm telling you, I mean, you talk about, you know how positive a message I preach on speaking God's word. My dad has practiced just the opposite until he had his stroke and now he can't really say a lot other than, you know, well, at least he says yes and no correctly. But anyway, I mean, he absolutely just said everything that he was going to die of cancer when he was 50 years old. He was going to have a heart attack over and over Dave. And you know what? I kept praying through my young years at 19, 20, 21, all those years, Dave, I kept praying the grace of God over Harold. W. Jacobs and reverse those words, Lord, reverse those words. I would hear him go out the door and say these very words on his way to work. Well, I hope to see y'all tonight if I don't get killed in a car wreck. Oh my God, Daddy, please don't say that. So I'm telling you, the grace of God can go beyond even what we are reasoning thing. Hey, Dave, let's talk about some things here, unless you got something you want to add to that real quick. Well, just just real real quick, and then we'll yeah, please, jump please. on that. With, with, with what you're saying there, what you were doing in his life is you were resisting the curse for him. That's right. And that's, as believers, our job that's is good. to 
is to actively push back on the curse around us. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. That's his, his goal, his aim, his mission is to come after us, to steal, kill, and destroy. And our job is to use our faith, to use what's in the word of God and push back against the curse endeavoring to encroach on our lives. And, you know, as parents... You know, you're young parents, and boy, you have a huge responsibility. However, I look in this room, we have grandparents. We have all kinds of scenarios. Let me tell you something, parents. Your words are powerful. Don't ever just speak over a child. Because you know what? Yes, they may be going the wrong way. Remember, everybody's heard of Billy Graham. How many of us know the story of Franklin Graham? Well, he's his son now. Isn't he a great minister? He was not a great minister and the great man of God that he is now until he was nearly 30 years old. I mean, Franklin was a rebellious rebel of a guy. I mean, he, listen to this, he was so, you know, his mother was so put out with him one time at a Piggly Wiggly, they were shopping, and he acted all through the store. They got out to the uh, vehicle, Dr. Graham was traveling, and she put the other four kids in the car, they had five kids, she put the groceries in the trunk, she took Franklin by the collar and threw him in the trunk and shut the door and drove to the house. And they, they, you know, it was about a, about a 20 minute drive. I mean, if you did that today, you'd be arrested, would you not? But my point is, as frustrated as she was, if you read the book, she kept speaking the grace of God. She kept speaking, my son is going to do great things. My son has a destiny. My son has a fulfillment. He is, and by the way, he not only fulfilled that, he has done, more people have been won to the Lord Jesus Christ recorded under the leadership of Franklin Graham than under Billy Graham through the internet. Isn't that amazing? But where does it start, Dave, what you're talking about? I mean, what, what if she just said, well, I just give up on him. He's 29 years old. Just go on to hell. You know, she didn't do that. She invoked the grace of God. She invoked the love of God. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, it's powerful. If you have a spouse, for those watching or whatever the situation may be, don't give up. That man, that woman can change. If you have a family member, you say, man, Pastor Brian, they're going the wrong way. Well, hey, thank God for U-turns because they can happen. Go ahead, Dave. Let's, before we get into communion here, anything else? Or I've got, I've got one scripture I want to share, but you, all right, well, all right, come on. Let's, as a matter of fact, Dave, could you do me a favor? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and, uh, and read verses 4 through 8 for me. But I'm going to look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. I think that knowing God... Really, when you say, knowing God's love, you say, Lord, I want to thank you as I know that you love me, then the anxiety of these things belong to you. Notice what it says here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It's in verse 6, it says, Philippians 4, 6, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Notice through Jesus, what David was talking about, through this grace. So if you've got a situation, you've got a thing that you're dealing with, know that God loves you. And when God loves you, that you can give this situation to him and let him fight your battle. Let him change that situation. You say, Pastor Brian, I've got to do my part. I've got to confront this. There comes a place for confrontation, but there also comes a place for the absolute power and demonstration of God to get a hold of someone. You know, I think the greatest thing to do to get the hand of God to move, in my opinion, Dave, is to take your hand off a situation and let God's hand come upon it. And, you know, again, so many times we are so want to control that situation, which I understand. But it says, be anxious for nothing, but let the peace of God, the peace of God, the peace of God 
come over you. And uh, this is something I practice, and, and this is something to me, Dave, that this is the love of God in action. There are things that I've wanted to see change, and in, in, in especially in relationships. I'm not necessarily talking about marriage. I'm talking about in other relationships that it took the love of God. It took God's... As a matter of fact, I, I had a phone call yesterday with a person uh, about another concerned about another person. And this is what I said. I said, and we prayed about it. I said, let's pray about this person and let the peace of God deal with her and deal with this situation. Let God minister to her. And let's agree and let the Lord speak to her about this situation. And uh, because he will, if you'll invoke that, if you'll allow that. But if you try to get in the middle of it, you try to convert it. Or as a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 13. What does it say? This is the love of God that, you know, we, we talk about God's love. But this is the love of God that's been put in our hearts, Dave. And in verses 4 through 8, if you'll read what version you got or whatever version you want to read. Yeah, I got, uh, just I got any one you want. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Go, I guess go Go ahead with the New King James, right. and uh, anyway, go ahead. Uh, it says, love suffers long and is kind. It does not, env- uh, does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And love, love never, never fails. fails. Oh, isn't that awesome? Verse 7 again, Dave, please. Uh, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But then it goes to verse number, num, notice what it says, verse number eight, this love never fails. He said, well, Pastor Brian, they're really pushing it. Well, it says this love never fails. Either we believe this or we don't. I mean, notice what it says again. It bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. I, I choose to love my family members. I have family members that don't, you know, love the Lord in the capacity that we do here. They're in another state. But at the same time, I am practicing these things, especially in the light of all the things that happen in our country and the opinions that are floating out there. Hey, opinions are opinions. But you know what? I'm going to bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things, not because I'm passive. I mean, yes, I stand for what's right, but I want the love of God in this situation because there's something more important than what's happening today. There's eternity at stake. Your, your, your never dying soul is at stake. And for me to get into a place of argumentation with you, it's just not, to me, it's, not the, it's, it's a distraction of the enemy. I want you to see the grace of God. As Dave just pointed out, so beautiful. When Jesus was on the earth, and he was operating, like Dave said, under the old covenant. But look how he flowed. I mean, you talk about the confrontation we have today. Can you imagine all, well, we can read it. Jesus was confronted content, consistently about, hey, Jesus, you got this grace, but yet the law says this, and the law says that. And if you don't do this you're going to get this and this this will happen to you and Jesus constantly people were being drawn to Jesus because they saw a realness of relationship they didn't they saw this goodness of God I, I tell you what it's powerful and they can see that in you you say well, Pastor Brian I don't feel like the goodness of God I'm not asking you about your feelings I'm asking you to, to know that love never fails love never fails it never fails and so I just want to, I want to rest in that. And then I got one other verse of scripture to you. Philippians 1.6. Dave, if you'll go there, I'd like you to read this from the Amplified. Uh, I'm going to read it from the New King James, but this is a good one. 
this three things is, I'm, I'm talking about this love of God conquers this, the, the fear and worry. And knowing the love of God also brings a peace into our life. And then being confident in this love of God, it, it's just a fail-proof way of living. Look what it says here in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. I just, I, I just, I read the whole book of Philippians earlier this morning. It's just, it's just a powerful book. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. But let me read it first, Dave, and you go to it. Philippians 1 6. Notice what this, the Apostle Paul says this, by the Holy Spirit, being confident of this very thing, that he that began a good work in you will complete it. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. He said, what about that person that died prematurely? Well, you know, I, I still think that their life, their legacy... Uh, things can be completed, you know. We had the memories, as I was invoking this family yesterday, I said, listen, take the memories of this person. As a matter of fact, think about this. Abraham Lincoln, probably one of the most persecuted men of our previous century, okay. His legacy now is far greater than it was when he was alive. He was, he's more famous now than he was when he was alive. And you know what? God perfected the simplicity of that man's love for him and his love for America. And maybe at the time it wasn't popular, but over time God completed that. Did he not? I mean, I, this just, I, God has a way of making things right if you'll trust him. And uh, you say, well, Abraham Lincoln wasn't a really a, a strong Christian is whatever, whatever. He, well, he was this simplicity sometimes is the best Christianity of all. And complexity of religion and rules like Dave and I talk about, people that, you know, either you do it my way or this way, and if you don't do it this way or my way, then you're not, you're not in the way, uh, and you're not going the right way. And I used to say, hey, you are in the way. Because <laughs> so, some people think it's all about, you know, do it this way. And um, I'm telling you what, there is a way that seems right to a man, but then there is the grace of God. And when you let the grace of God take a life, it, your life gets better. What's it say in the Amplified about Philippians 1.6? And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. Thank you, Dave. Isn't that awesome? You can see it on the screen. It says right up until the return of the Lord. And it's not how you start. It's truly how you progress through life. I truly believe that this verse of Scripture exemplifies that the older we get, the better we get. If we will trust this and trust this grace. Dave's talked about it before on this platform and, of course, preached it in healing school and and other places. And and him and Shelby have a tremendous blog. I encourage you to go to their website as far as their ministry. And they continually talk about the grace of God not being the works of God. That works and performance will not get you there. Believing and receiving will get you there. If performance would get you there, the Catholic Church would already have it, would they not? Pastor Brian, you are talking about the Catholic Church. They are into performance, are they not? It's a performance about everything. But when you get into the grace of God, when you get into the love of God. I was at a funeral one time. And Dave, you'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to get you to read the communion scriptures. I was at a funeral from one of my cousins. He was a doctor. He was Catholic. But he really loved the Lord. He was truly born again. And this priest, you know, we had to go up there and get the communion elements from the priest. And so we went up there and I got the elements. And you're supposed to eat them. Uh, you know, right then and there after the priest gives you to. Well, I took him back to my chair because I wanted to reverently sit down and do it there. All of a sudden, I, I was the last one. He comes around the back and he says, how come you're not eating the, how come you didn't eat it down when I gave it to you? I said, because I wanted to sit down and honor him. 
I said, it's not about your rules. And I'm not going to call you father because there's only one father in heaven. So you better back off and let me take communion the right way. I'm a minister of the gospel just like you are. You got your rules and you got your regulations. But I'm not here about that. I'm here about relationship. And that man in that box had a relationship with the Lord because I made sure he did and you didn't. Boy, he backed off and backed away. Because you know what? I, I, I had enough of this performance-based mentality. It, it just rocks my world that people think they've got to you know, either perform to get Jesus to do something for him, and this performance runs all the people away. Listen, it's about what this man did. This man hung between heaven and earth and gave his life for you and I. And by, because he did that, that's the reason I want to live for him. That's the reason I want to do something for him. That's the reason why I want to live my life for him. Because he loved me beyond love itself. That is a love that never fails. And the more I discover that, especially reading this love letter, I understand how great this great God is who loves me unconditionally. Oh, I'll tell you what's exciting. Here, let's read 1 Corinthians. Any thoughts, Dave? I'm up here preaching. <laughs> so, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 as far as the time. communion. Hey, Dave, you always, I love what you said many times. Uh, every time you read this, you always talk about this uh, in 1 Corinthians 11. You pointed out here where it says uh, in verse number 22, it says, For I have received from the Lord. Mm -hmm. The apostle Paul, Dave, did he not have a revelation of this grace? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if you look at Paul's life, he... he... <laughs> He knew. You know, he, he says, I received from the Lord. When, when he got saved, if you, if you read through the book of Acts, you find that Paul went, you know, to the backside of the desert for like three years by himself. And he just communed with the Father right. and was just in relationship with Jesus. And he came back and he literally brought this revelation to the other apostles. Yes, he did. And, and I can just imagine the conversation with Peter. You know, well, you know, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And Peter goes, well, how did you know that? He goes, well, the Lord showed me. Peter goes, that's exactly how it happened. And he goes through this whole thing. And he, he really just has this, this picture of, of who God is. And it's, Paul's got this, this... And Paul's like us. He never saw Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he never saw Jesus after the flesh. He says that, you know, I never knew him after the flesh. I, I didn't know him at all. Yet, Paul's walking in the miraculous. He's, I, I mean, he, he was, Paul was stoned and left for dead and raised from the dead and I mean all sorts of crazy things he, he, he was shipwrecked and he was I mean literally he, shipwrecked he was John Wayne of his day <laughs> so go ahead and uh you know he, he was uh, I mean if, if you we're not going to go back over there real quick for uh, for time's sake but in first Corinthians 13 where we were reading that right before those love verses mm -hmm. Paul says that you know I can have all the faith in the world I can move mountains I can do this I can I can do that but if I don't have love not human love, but the actual love of God, the agape love of God flowing out from me to people around me, it That's doesn't powerful. mean a thing. That's good. Though. If I'm not walking in love towards everybody mm -hmm. that I come in contact with, it does not matter. I can preach the best messages in the world. I can give, you know prophecy and interpretation and after communion um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> preach a word in aramaic and pastor's gonna interpret um but no for, for real though he's saying i can do all these things I, I i can no matter what i can i can speak to the mountain like jesus said be removed be cast into the sea but if i don't have love if i don't have the love of god in me mm -hmm. flowing out of me to everyone right. around me 
It doesn't matter. That's exactly right. None of it matters at all. And that was his, that was his whole conviction. That's why he wrote, you know, to the Galatians and he said, it doesn't matter about mm. circumcision. It doesn't matter about law keeping. Mm. You know, um, it, none of that matters at all. All that matters is, do you love God? Mm -hmm. And do you show love to people around you? In fact, to the Ephesians, he said, you know, he, he hadn't visited the Ephesian church when he wrote the letter to the Ephesians. He says, but I knew your faith was genuine. I knew your, your belief in Christ was genuine. When I heard of your faith in Jesus as evidenced by your love. That's right, evidence. That is the evidence of our faith, mm -hmm. is our love. Mm -hmm. How we walk in love towards people. Jesus summed up the entirety sure did. of the law and the prophets in two things. Mm -hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love, love your neighbor as yourself. And yeah. Paul took it a step further and said, love your neighbor as Christ loved the church. That's right, he sure did. And, and that's really what we're, what we're here and we're walking in. We're walking in this, this grace and love of God and it's, you, uh, it's hard to wrap your mind around it because it's, there's it's just, fathomless. I mean, there's so much here. There's, there's just, how wonderful is it that you and I qualify to walk in God's favor because of what Jesus did? How wonderful is it that you and I have a seat in heaven with Jesus because of what he did for us on the cross. So much so that Jesus said that the, these people, those who, who put their faith in me, they're mine and nothing can snatch them out of my hand. That's right. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said that even if we're faithless, he remains faithful because right. he can't deny himself. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, that's, that is this kind of love that he's, he's shown us. And man, if, if the church would get a hold of this, if the church would get a hold of, of showing this love to everyone around them, that's what would change the world. But again, that David, it's, it's, not it about like, it's not about liking someone and approving of their sin. It's about loving them with the love of God. Remember, there's a difference. Okay, and you can minister out of that. You're not liking necessarily what they do or what, but you love them in the love of the Lord. And uh, there's a difference. I mean, again, I have a hard time with religious leaders that say some things that are very contrary, but I love them in the love of the Lord. I don't like what they say. But hey, let's read those verses and let's have communion. Everybody get their elements ready. Go ahead and peel it back and get your bread out. And uh, we're going to go ahead and have communion. Go ahead, Dave. Read those verses. And uh, at least, yeah, verses 23 through 25, uh, 26, please. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we take this bread before yes, you today do. and we remember your sacrifice for us. We remember yes. what you did for us 2,000 years oh, ago on absolutely. the cross. And Father, we thank you. We do. We thank you that your body was broken so that ours does not have to be broken. That's right. That you offered your body up as the perfect sacrifice oh, yes. for all, all of humanity. Yes. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and break and break together see. and eat together. Verse 25, it says, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Wow. 
Father, we thank you. Yes, we do. We thank you that you sent Jesus yes. to die for us, to take our place, to, to be the perfect sacrifice, to be the one to, to pay the price to set us right with the Father. And we thank you for the salvation that's provided in that. We thank you for the healing that's provided in Absolutely. that. We thank you in the re for the restoration of relationships that's provided mm, in that. That's right. We thank you for your faithfulness and your favor over our lives. Yes. We thank you for everything that you've done for us. And today, we are thankful. We celebrate the fact that you died and took our place so that we might live in you. Yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's, Let's go ahead and drink. Praise God. Dave, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Let's give Dave a hand. Didn't he do a good job? He answered some really great questions. Dave's going to stay right there, but we're going to close this service out. As a matter of fact, maybe in the future, you and Shelby's real soon can get up here and the both of you talk about the grace of God, a position from a woman's view, point of view and a position from a man's point of view. And so wouldn't you like to hear that? Because it's something that they study. Um, God gives signature messages to ministers. You know, certain ministers have a message that's really strong on their heart. And this is one of those in one of those areas among many. And just like with me, uh, I, I really, the book of Acts just, just comes alive to me. I have a real strong revelation of that book. And uh, you're going to hear me talking about it some more in the days ahead. Hey, listen, thank y'all for being here today. Thank you for watching. I just want to encourage everybody, Dave, to remember this, that God's love, especially towards us and through us, is, is absolutely fail-proof. It will not fail. But you got to release it. you got to extend it. you got to show mercy and grace. And sometimes if somebody is hostile towards you or whatever, I mean, you got to release the love of God and pray for that person and let God deal with that person. It's not easy. I learned this lesson, you know, through my dad when I was growing up, you know, politics sometimes you when you're running a campaign against another person you you know it's, it's like a warfare and uh and then they have to deal with that after a campaign and I just learned how to love people regardless of how I felt and uh and I worked with my dad through that and uh, actually saw him embrace people he actually people that we opposed actually came together and they ran a campaign together so i mean in the carnality of that uh way it, it does work and uh but you gotta you know you gotta practice that and so uh, listen this is this message is not something you get in one day it's a lifetime message this is a way of life but let me say this the reason that I, this series is so strong and what is that <laughs> so, anyway um there's feathers up here <laughs> so is there a bird up here? So, anyway, love that never fails. This love never fails. It doesn't fail. And, I, and again, it's not your love. It's not my love. It's his love. So practice that. Practice that. By the way, I want to encourage some parents and grandparents right now. You feel like, I just love my children. I'm not seeing anything. Listen, no, 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 no. Love never fails. I was a heathen from hell till I was 19. And when I became born again at 19, my mother... I'll never forget, two weeks after I was born again, she walked in my room. I was reading the Bible and at my desk there, and she said, Son, I don't know what happened to you. I can't explain what happened to you, but all I know is what happened to you is a good thing. <laughs> so, And you know what? You know why? It's because my sweet mother loved me through and got me to church 
all through those years of my life, even when I didn't want to go, and I kept hearing that message of what? Grace. And that grace, not the meanness of God, but that grace drew me to the love of God, and it changed my life forever. And I'm telling you what, that grace never fails. As a matter of fact, we ought to say grace never fails. Anyway, Dave, thank you so much. Any closing thoughts before we go? I know you're a preacher. You could say a lot. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I don't know what you're feeling right now. I'm just feeling an, an urge to pray. I don't know, don't know what it is. I'm just feeling we need to just take a minute as a body and just corporately pray. Let's because there's, there's something that happens when we, when we all come together as a body and praise. And it's not just Pastor Brian or myself or whoever's up here on the platform. But it's the whole body praying together. Let's pray together. And so... Um, you know, I don't know. Don't know where this is going to go. I don't. Didn't plan on doing this. Didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, but let's see what the Lord has for us. Let's pray. Let's just pray for a moment here. Father, we lift you up yes, this morning, Father, Lord. We thank name. you for your grace. Hallelujah. We thank you for your mercy. Yes, we do. We thank you for your love, and we magnify mm. you in this yes, place. Yes, we do. In Jesus' we name. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up every person in this auditorium and those watching right now. The grace and the peace of God come upon you. The presence of God be upon you right now. Those things that have plagued you, those questions that have harassed your mind, in Jesus' name, we come against those things. We speak to those things in Jesus' name. And we say, peace of God. We say, the presence of God be mightily upon you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Right now, we speak the life of God over people's bodies. Right now, we know, I know of one person right now that's watching that's dealing with some breathing issues. And so we come against that and we say the breath of God flow mightily in your lungs. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. There's also a person dealing with severe fear that's watching right now. So we come against that in the name of Jesus. You're, you're afraid to, to do this. You're afraid to do that. You're, you're wondering about this and you're wondering about that. Well, we just speak the grace and the peace of God over you right now. And finally, there's one person that's deeply concerned about their child. They're deeply concerned about their child. Um, I, just, I just hear the voice of the Lord saying, let me, let me love that child. Let me handle that situation. You take your hands off of it. I will take that child into a place of living for me. But you let me do it in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, there's a verse of Scripture, First uh, um, uh, Peter 5, 6, and 7, for you in this situation in Jesus' name. That's a word from the Lord for somebody today right now. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. What is that First, Pastor Brian, cast your care. And when you cast your care, you don't take it back in the name of Jesus. Is anybody in this room experiencing ringing in their ear? Mm. Ringing in the ringing ear. Ringing in your ears. Which ear is it? Okay. All right. We're going to come down. We're going to lay hands on you. I'll, I'll mask right. up for... That's fine. Go ahead. Also, while he's doing that, uh, one last thing I have on my heart. If anybody's dealing with arthritis in your fingers, in the name of Jesus, let's let Dave pray for that person first. And then I want to pray for arthritis, arthritis, any arthritis in your arms or in your fingers, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, Dave. right now? I'm going to lay my hand on your ear. Father... 
Absolutely, in Jesus' name. We speak name. to this ear now, and we speak healing, we speak health, we speak wholeness mm. ringing. We command you to stop and desist in Jesus' name. In Jesus we command name. pain to go and to leave her body. Absolutely. We command ringing in to Jesus go. We command name. any symptoms associated with ringing to go. Yes. We thank in you Jesus that according name. to 1 Peter 2.24, mm. the Bible says that you were healed. That's right. Jesus bore this on the cross for you, and you do not have to bear it anymore. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, we speak life, we speak health, we speak wholeness. Lord, whatever you need to do in this year, we command it done. We call it done. We receive it now in Jesus', Jesus name. name. In Jesus' in name. Jesus name. Be made whole. Now, can you can you tell the difference in that ear? Honestly, you can. Yeah, wow. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's give the wow. Lord. Let's just God. worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as Dave's coming back the, with the arthritis, I know we're taking a couple minutes here, but arthritis is a very painful situation. Anybody here dealing with that right now, just place your hand over that, over that area in the name of Jesus over your hands right now. Right now, we say in the name of Jesus, uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm just I'm just saying blood flow into those fingers right now. I want you to start moving your fingers back and forth uh, with your thumbs. Start moving those. And in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, receive your healing right now. Receive it in your hands. Receive it in your hands. Oh, and one last thing. One last thing. Where's Dave? Ah, go ahead. We got, we got uh, and then one last hand. thing. Somebody has the fear of falling. And the Lord just wants you to know that uh, he's not going to let you fall. Now, you can, you, you have to do your part, but falling is not in the future. Go ahead. William, come on up. We'll get ready to close. Father, we, we speak life into Miss Blanca's ears. We speak healing. We speak health. We speak wholeness in her ears. Anything that's wrong, Lord, you, you make it right in Jesus' name. We thank you that your word declares that by your stripes we were healed and we thank Absolutely. you for healing and health and wholeness and soundness in her ears now in jesus name we thank you that ringing has to cease it has to stop it yes, has to it go does. we in thank jesus you lord name. that any any symptoms associated with this are gone they have no place in her body in jesus name in Jesus' name. And Jesus we draw name. on the anointing. We draw on the healing power yeah, of God. And we command it in Jesus name. to make anything wrong right. In Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus Amen. Name. Can you tell the difference? Praise you God. You can. Both ears? Wow. Praise God. Praise God. God. Praise That's God. beautiful. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord for that. Amen. Come on up and we're going to... Uh, just one other person. Um, I can't... I hate to dismiss this without this, but I, I see I see someone with uh, lung problems or breathing, um, trying trying to grasp your breath. Again, no medical diagnosis up here at all before we dismiss, but in the name of Jesus, Dave, if you just pray with that person right now, if it's somebody, somebody watching, somebody in the auditorium, you've been having problems uh, trying to breathe. Uh, it could be shortness of breath. Um, anyway, I just see I just see somebody laboring to breathe. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus. Father, we thank you. I don't know. This isn't a healing verse, but I'm just reminded in, in Genesis where it says that God breathed life in life. He breathed life into Adam. And so I don't know who this is, but right now I, I, I just see God breathing life into you. 
I just see God breathing life into you. That's the only picture I can, I can see to picture. describe it, Pastor. That's a and good picture. And we speak to those lungs. We, we command Ooh, them to open up Jesus to be filled with the breath name. of God. We command those lungs to be filled that's with right. the breath of God. Breath we we of thank God. you, Lord. In Jesus' We thank name. you for your healing. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Absolutely. And we thank you, Lord, that, that whoever this is under the sound of my voice who, who's dealing with breathing issues, we thank you, Lord, that those mm. are resolved, they are gone, and they have no place in this person's yes. body. In they Jesus have no name. place in this person's body. In Jesus' in name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Well, praise God. If we could pray with you more, uh, contact us, or after this service, we're here to help you, okay? Hey, listen grace of God belongs to you and I. And uh, by the way, I want to encourage you as when you close this service, this is not something we practice once a month. Let it be something you practice every day, if you can. I'm telling you what, it'll do something for you, practicing communion, because it's practicing His presence.